Lonely Monk Productions. Y'all, quit being boring just eating dinner and watching TV every night. Next time, pull out a Wongo puzzle and enjoy the conversation and fun that happens when people puzzle together. Wongo is the perfect balance of a good challenge without being so hard that you stop talking to each other and leave your family forever. Trust me, once you try Wongo, you will never go back to a boring old jigsaw puzzle. They are 100% wooden puzzles that will last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. And they have so many cool designs, like African elephant and the wild lizard and the sea tortoise. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I like doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was so great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code YTMJ to get 10% off your offer. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code YTMJ to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. That's wongopuzzles.com. Offer code YTMJ. I don't know if y'all have heard Miss Lucy by Liz Fair yet, but yo, that's my joy. joy. Hey, yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Johnny Gill, a.k.a. Johnny Ramone, a.k.a. Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined by David Wayne and Ken Marino to talk about their group, the Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band. It was such an incredibly fun conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you. I am such a huge fan of these dudes and all they have lent their talents to over the years. So this was just an absolute joy to do. And that is, say it with me, kids, coming up in a minute. But first, hey, hey, how we doing, kids? All's well over here. Summer's in full swing and I have so many good shows on deck. So all is right with the world. This past Friday, we caught Mondo Cosmo at the Ardmore Music Hall, and it was nothing short of incredible. The last time we saw them there, well, um, it was the last night of the old world. We went to that show, and then at midnight, boom, the world shut down. Yeah, that's right. It was the night of the COVID lockdown. So to see the same band in the same room, it was a wild experience. A wild experience 
made wilder as the fire alarms went off and we had to clear the venue. Yeah, something about Mondo Cosmo and the Ardmore Music Hall. I don't know if they have to, like, bust out the sage or get Masters, Stans, and Spengler, and Venkman, and Zettelmore on the line, but man, there is something strange in their collective neighborhoods, my friends. Outside of the excitement of the fire alarm, though, Josh and his new lineup of pals put on such an amazing show. If you have never seen them live, do make it a point to catch them the next time they are in town. They do not disappoint. But yeah, man, things are good. So much on the horizon that I can't even talk about just now. But holy crap, there is some fun ahead for us. Well, I say us only if you want to come along for the ride. And the best way to stay on top of where this train is headed next is to jump on the mailing list. Visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and a little pop-up will show up. And then you just plug your email in there, hit submit, and bam, you got yourself a ticket to ride and my baby don't care. (laughs) Hey, well, you know what? While you're at it, follow us on the socials at Yo That's My John. All of them. Do it. Follow us. For we know the way, my friends. Bet. All right, commercial time. Sit tight, and when we come back, we will have my interview with David Wayne and Ken Marino. Yo, That's My John is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, it is festival season. And you know me, I love a festival. And the secret to enjoying a festival is to stay hydrated. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before, power through to the headliner, and recover after the weekend. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Man, I love Liquid IV. It comes in a convenient packaging, and it's tasty. When you see me at the Exponential Music Festival this fall, you know that I will have Liquid IV on me. And it comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. All right, strawberry used to be my favorite, but they have this new one. It's strawberry lemonade, and it is a banger. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Okay, and you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code YTMJ at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code YTMJ at liquidiv.com. Do it, and let's get our fests on. My guests today met on their first day of college at NYU and have worked together ever since. They first burst onto the scene as members of the sketch comedy troupe The State before going on to co-write the films The Ten, Role Models, and Wanderlust. 
not to mention the countless other projects that they have worked on, directed, and starred in independently. They are currently about to hit the road with their group, the Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band, which will be performing in town at Ardmore Music Hall in Ardmore, PA, on July 20th. Folks, it is my absolute honor to welcome to the show, David Wayne and Ken Marino. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great David Wayne and the great Ken Marino. Guys, thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. Yo. Hell of a pleasure. Um, so I, I, I'm beyond excited to have this conversation with you guys because I've been a fan of both of your work and and your uh, larger collectives work forever. Um, I, I had uh, Kevin was on the, the show back in um, March, I think, February or March. And um, I uh, 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 told him I literally, quote, um, at least um, a prod, your uh, the state Stella um, party down like everything you guys have done. Uh, a, a quote has come out of my mouth probably every day since um, the mid '90s. So uh, thank you so much. That's that's majorly gratifying. That's so cool. Fantastic! I love that. Um, give me one. Just throw one out. Let's hear one. Let's hear one. What? Give me one. Now he's going to be like, oh, just kidding. My publicist told me to say that. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, well, I told Kevin the one like there's one it, it, there's things that'll slip into my head that I won't even realize they're from things until like um, long after. And then like I'm doing a rewatch and I'm like, oh, that's where that came from. But like um, uh, during the rideshare episode with uh, Kevin and, and Carrie, um, when um, uh, Kevin turns to her with the sock puppet and he's like, I don't like you. I do that like uh, to my wife all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah. And also, you so, guys are both responsible for um, the greatest surprise laugh I've ever had in my life. And that is in Wet Hot um, during Danny's song. Um, sure. Crashing into the tree. Crashing into the tree. It, like, I don't know that because I just wasn't ready for it. And, you know, you're beautifully singing Danny's <laughs> song. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, and I literally almost threw up. <laughs> Inspired by a true story. <laughs> really? I, uh, the, the story is, uh, it is a true story is that when I was 16, I drove a bunch of campers to a, uh, mountain trip in Maine at the summer camp that I was a junior counselor at having just gotten my driver's license. And I really wanted to go back that same night, even though I wasn't supposed to, because I had just met a girl and I wanted to see if I could go back and kiss her. And so very late at night, very tired. I drove through the windy dark roads of the Mount Katahdin, uh, area of Baxter state park in Maine. And um, I was half asleep and blasting music so that I could try to stay awake and just smash to do a tree. Holy crap. Was it as funny? Uh, probably not, right? Uh, no, I was not laughing. I was very, very worried that I was going to perish in the woods and get eaten by a bear. Wow. Wow. That's, um, this, that's did absolutely... You? <laughs> did I? Maybe yeah, I did. Maybe I'm being replaced by AI. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, because everyone's talking about that these days, you know. Yeah, I've heard sure. about this, AI. this this AI. Uh, did you see that uh, uh, Paul McCartney says they uh, used AI to create a new Beatles song using uh, John's voice and guitar? <clears throat> I did see that. I think that's interesting. And he was talking uh, positive, uh, positively about the whole thing that, the, that it, they're actually going to release a, a final Beatles album, right? Yeah. I feel like they did that a little while back, though, didn't they? They they like released some new songs after he was dead by piecing together remnants of his singing and yeah 
Yeah, it, the whole thing's just weird to me. It's just, uh, 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 I, I really hope, because I'm, I'm leaving a uh, large library of podcasts, that um, someone uses AI when I die to create one more episode. Uh, <laughs> just one more episode for you. If you die you in the can't... next six months, I p- pledge to do that for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so I'll do it uh, in five months. Oh, can can you do one better? No. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, I, I like to start things off by jumping in the Wayback Machine and uh, kind of revisiting what a, a child like was like. And, and since you guys have put this middle-aged dad jam band together, I, I want to ask you specifically, like, what music was playing around the house when you guys were kids? Like, what were your folks listening to? Um, that's interesting. Um, my father had a huge record collection because he himself was in radio um, and he got a lot of free records and he also just liked a lot of different kinds of music so he had a lot of classical and jazz and um, big band he loved big band and he also he liked everything he liked rock and pop and so yeah we had a pretty eclectic collection and I would he would play things and I would just find things and explore them sometimes and uh, I think it wasn't until maybe I was 10 or 11 that I started more identifying the music that I liked. And that's when I bought like Billy Joel glass houses and Rolling Stones, emotional rescue and Jay Giles band love stinks. Those are my first three cassettes. My first summer at camp. I remember. That's awesome. Ken, how about you? Well, for me growing up, <clears throat> my dad really loved uh, Jim Croce. So there were always uh, a track. Uh, when I was a kid, the truck, the, the Ford pickup truck that he had, had a, eight track uh player in it so you could just put the and so there were like piles of different jim croce and um uh maybe a bob denver in there but we didn't have like a record player at home the the, the, the guy from uh, the gilligan's island star bob denver is that joe oh, john denver sorry john denver <laughs> And then uh, uh, Any Bob Denver? Bob Denver did, did do an album, and it's terrific. You should listen to it sometime. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a record player. At one point, when, before I was getting, before I get into much music on my own, of my own, my parents had this, like, Christian, it was, like, called Lamb. I think the band was called Lamb, and it was all these weird Christian rock folk rock songs about jesus which was weird because they're not very religious but they but they but they had that album and i have that a bunch of those songs stuck in my head uh, we should play them in the band the sacrifice lamb have been slain his blood on the altar left to stain to wipe away guilt and pain pretty awesome yeah my father actually because he was in radio he got sent these they were called evatone sound sheets which were like a it was a a piece of very thin plastic that you could put inside a magazine or in a small envelope but you could put it on a record player and it would play like a record and they would send these samples of different things and one of them was a thing called voice of freedom which was like a new campaign to make america feel better about itself and the song was like we're the voice of freedom the voice of america and we're all and then another part goes and a lot of good men have died for what we have 
These are both um, um, love songs, if you yeah. if you really get down to it. But like, it was one of those things where it's like it was there, so I played it constantly. <laughs> yes, that was the same thing. And then also, uh, there were, for some reason, there weren't like a lot of uh, full albums, but there were a lot of forty fives in my house. So the forty fives were in the area where my sister and I kind of played, right? So then there was like, uh, uh, who, who sings? Harry Nielsen sings Coconut. And then uh, um, uh, Tom Jones, What's New Pussycat? Yeah. I listen to that a lot. uh, But then when I got older and and like I was in my like in high school, uh, yeah, it was Billy Joel, Last Houses, uh, Stranger, uh, Huey Lewis in the News. That's a lot older than me. I was born in the late 80s. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, it's, funny, it's funny you mentioned Harry Nielsen because uh, in doing my uh, half-assed research uh, before uh, this interview, um, y- y- there was a Courtship of Eddie's Father remake. Is that right? That you were attached to? Uh, I, I did it. We shot it. Did did it? Did Conan air? was the uh, writer producer. He he wrote for The Simpsons and then he did that. And um, oh, well, who was the kid? The, the kid in it. Uh, is now a gigantic star. He's in Hunger Games. Uh, Josh, um, Josh Molina. No, Josh, Josh, Josh Hutchinson. Uh, it was played by son. He was a little kid, and we shot it, and uh, it didn't get picked up. But um, I have the I have the pilot. That's incredible. I would love. Did Did anybody redo the Harry Nielsen theme song? I think we did a version of the song for the opening credits. Yeah. I don't know who redid it, though. I think it was just, I I, I think, I'm not sure who redid it. That's wild. That's absolutely wild. I would love to uh, put my little eyes on that sometime. And I've never seen it, which is crazy, because Ken's a very good friend. I don't know if it it worked great. It was half in front of an audience. Half They were trying to figure it out back then. So they shot half in front of an audience and then half remote. Or like Yeah, those those early uh, experiments with hybrid shows. Yeah, I remember. And, um... I don't know how it played. I liked it though. I liked everybody involved, but it didn't happen. That's great. We went to we flew to San Francisco and shot all the exteriors in San Francisco because I think that's where the first one, the original, was shot. And we like walked along the iconic things that are in the original opening and stuff like that. It's it's wild that you couldn't you couldn't uh, you you should have used that and tried to parlay um, uh, filling the role or the uh, shoes of the great Bill Bixby into maybe uh, playing the Hulk. You know. Look, I'm not. I haven't retired. It's it's still possible. It's true. It's true. He did well, play the Hulk, and uh, and you wrote it. You watch it. Oh my God! No, on, I did. on MTV. That's right. That's, That's right. Everybody knows moment. about that, right? You want to explain what you wrote? You watch it, Dave. You wrote it, you watch it was a series that was on MTV before we had our show, The State, and they hired us as a group to make. Uh, some of the segments in this show, which was about, in our case, it was about going around on the street and interviewing random people and asking for a funny story. And then we would act out the story in a sketch intercut with their interviews. And that was with uh, John, John Stewart hosted that. Yeah. John Stewart hosted it. And that was sort of our time that MTV noticed uh, us and led to us ultimately making a pilot in a series. Um, you you two were kind of the uh, first people to kind of meet to uh, to create the new group in the state. Is that correct? No, but no? we were we were we were we were in the class ahead of most of the rest of the group, other than Todd Hollebeck. And so we 
were around NYU before the others came, but um, no, so we the, all the, met, we all met Todd. Actually, David and Todd were in a sketch comedy group uh, that Todd broke off from and started his own sketch comedy group. Um, and then I had known Todd cause we were, we lived in the same, on the same floor, I think in the same building. And then, uh, and then he put together this group and then David came over from the sketch comedy group that he was in into, into the, what was then called the new group now called the state. The internet lied to me. Stupid internet. But um, David and I met our first day of college. Me, David, and Craig, I actually went down to David's um, room uh, the first day of college because a guy I went to high school with was their third in of, of the three roommates they had. And, uh, and I went down to see my friend from high school, met David and Craig, and then just wound up hanging out with David and Craig uh, for, like, for the rest of my life. And what I always remember is that Ken's high school friend, who we were just randomly assigned to be his roommate, said, one rule is when you're dogging a bitch, do it under the sheets. <laughs> I had to look up all those words. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, the uh, uh, so y- y- uh, here's one of the things, and I-, I was talking to Kevin a little bit about this, and that is that like I feel like uh, you guys uh, put together um, this in- incredibly brilliant show um, that has just kind of gotten, um, uh, for lack of better term, screwed because of the music rights issues. Um, that like you know because it didn't hit uh you know a lot of reruns and stuff like that and because it took as long as it did to to pop up on dvd and 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 to be able to be streamed and stuff like that that all it did was um kind of make you guys um uh to a certain sect and uh, a lot of people my age and a lot of my friends um legends um that we uh, you know that is a challenge to share with people right um, I don't know that there's a question there. I, it definitely so, was uh, that thing where people had a proprietary sort of uh, ownership of the thing because it was not widely known and or widely available. And I think you're right. That was that was part of the mystique of it, and, and that was really just an accident of the fact that we were on MTV, and you know, by dictum, we had to layer every sketch with songs that were from the MTV library, which nobody at the time we didn't know would be an issue later. You started out your question or your statement about it got screwed, uh, but then ended with uh, we kind of became a culty thing with people. And I think that that's right. I don't know if we got screwed. I think it actually helped the mystique of the group because it became a harder thing to access. So I think in a way, at a certain point, it became a a cool thing to find and be a part of because it was hard to get. So in a it was, way it was a win in the long game. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, he, he had said, uh, Paramount, um, uh, sends out feelers every once in a while about, uh, doing something. Is that true? Uh, well, we're, yeah, the state is always talking about doing different projects together. We, we've all stayed in touch over the years. It's like a family. And even though it's been what, I think 60 years now since the original show, 70 years. 78, now. 78 years. Um, there's always, there's always talk and there, there, there's stuff brewing even as we speak, which we'll be talking about soon. 
Very cool. Um, uh, 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 in any chance, is it a, a feature-length version of Porcupine Racetrack? Because that would be pretty cool. Oh, from your lips <laughs> to Porcupine's ears. Um, any, so, any, if we could save one Porcupine, that would be a day's we've work. We've done our job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you guys have, uh, uh, stayed, uh, working together, um, and writing together. You guys, you know, brilliantly, um, put out, uh, you know, like the 10 role models and, and wonderlust and, 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 and now you guys are doing a band together. How, how exactly did the middle-aged dad jam band come about? Well, really, um, you know, I, I've always dicked around with playing the drums and I love playing music and I did play very sort of lightly in bands uh, as a teenager. And then when the pandemic hit and there was really nothing to do, I was like, took that opportunity to go in my garage and just start recording pieces of cover songs. And then just having other friends on video from their quarantines uh, doing their parts. And it would became a really fun thing. And then finally, when it was, a, a time when we could get together in person and I actually moved to a place that had a garage. Um, I just said, Hey, all my old friends, let's just all hang out and whoever wants to come over and jam. And those jams became super fun and sort of kept become more um, frequent. And uh, Ken kind of just emerged as someone who came all the time and was like, you know, became the lead singer basically of this band that organically formed out of old, old friends. And uh, the, some of the clips went online and there was some demand for us to go outside of the house and do a show. And we ended up doing something at Sketchfest this past January in San Francisco. And now we've been doing some shows and it's been a blast. That's incredible. The um, uh, I, I remember seeing like some of the the pandemic stuff, and then like the pandemic ended and the videos didn't. They just kept coming, and I was just like, "Oh, this is glorious!" <laughs> like this is. Um, are, are you guys was this, was this, was was being a rock band ever like a dream? Was that ever a, a thought of uh, instead of comedy? Or I mean, for for me, for me, I think I feel like everybody ha- has a little fantasy about being in a in a a, a rock band. Just this, what, what seems like there's. Who wouldn't want to be like a rock so star? What's that, Dave? Who wouldn't want to be a rock star? Yeah, and so um, you know, uh, I I never thought about that in any real way when I was younger. Although there were times that I, you know, was trying to figure out ways where we as a group could kind of do what sort of. The Blues Brothers did, you know, like what uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd did, you know, you know, uh, when they left SNL, which is like, I thought there was a way that we can create some sort of fictional band that we can kind of go around and do something with. Because there's a lot of a lot of people in the state are musicians and like music and um, but that never happened. But um, then when this when David started doing this, uh, you know, I just. I couldn't help, but it was, it just was so much fun. I just kept going back over and over again. And and it's very cathartic and just uh, a lot of fun to just be there singing with friends. And, you know, David is, um, as I said, you know, I met him my first day of college and we've been, you know, uh, tight ever since. And, you know, there's uh, two other members of the group who are, uh, one, one is from, 
college, uh, Ted Penna, and then uh, another guy, uh, Frank Barrera, I grew up with. I met him my, when I was in ninth grade, and he's a DP here in Hollywood, and uh, we've shot movies and shows together, and David has as well uh, with, with Frank, and he plays guitar. And, and so it's, it's, just a, it's just a really wonderful kind of experience that we just sort of stumbled into. And little did we know that the band would now become like we are international music celebrities. Like yeah, we're selling out all over the world. That's the it's it's hard, yeah. you know. It's hard to kind of set, you know, keep the balance Just to see the record sales. You know, it's yeah, and and also the money coming in is oh just, my god, the money is ridiculous. I try to I try to like to have perspective about it and not let that change things, but you know what can you do? And we I have we're flying only private now, and it's it's great. I'm not even I'm not sitting on a chair right now. I'm sitting on a pile of money. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, and and well-earned money uh, because uh, you guys rock. Uh, you absolutely it's rock. It's mostly five dollar, five and ten dollar bills. So it's a lot. I do. I would switching to the less jokey. I, I, to me, there's a high playing the drums or playing in a rock band and getting, you know, th- those moments where you feel like you're in flow with the other people uh on a stage or just in the garage just the same it's just such a it's a high that's not the same as the other high that you get from doing comedy or from you know filmmaking or all the other things i love artistically this is its own there's something about rock and roll it's just very very exciting to me and i hope to always be able to do it you know as a hobby or whatever i love it yeah and you guys are, are taking it to the east coast i mean you got um the um dogfish head in delaware on uh july 19th and of course the bell house in new york on the 22nd and then i'm going to get to see you guys rock out july 20th at ardmore music hall and i'm super stoked yeah about ardmore music hall <laughs> it's an awesome room and you you guys are going to absolutely love it and i'm going to say you know i i've seen a lot um uh in la of the the guests you guys bring along and um you know uh, i don't know if you have anything planned for ardmore but you know if you want me to get up and sing a few songs i, I I'm, oh. I'm willing to donate some time to okay. you to, uh... <laughs> well we All do right. have a call in. we're hoping to get uh rocky balboa to show up uh, um because I know I think he still lives in Philly. Um, and uh, I I just want to say I love Philadelphia. I haven't been there in a long time. But I when when we used to tour with the Stella trio, um, it was always one of the best stops for us because the, the audiences were just so deeply appreciative and fun and wild. And I, I can't wait to go back there. What uh, do you sing? Do you play guitar? What do you do yeah, I, I I sing and play guitar. In another life, I tried to I tried to do a music career, and um, it 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 wasn't terrible, but um, uh, it, it didn't uh, succeed. Uh, <laughs> what you get like top twenty, but not number one? Is that what it was? That's it, that's exactly what it was, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, you I know, know the deal. <laughs> I, I just it, it just not not breaking that top twenty, and it was just like why bother, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> But um, no, I mean, like playing music, like you said, is just absolutely like just a pure joy. And to be able to like kind of communicate, not just with a band member, but like also with the audience, like there's nothing better than playing live music. Like it's incredible. Well, I got to tell you, when I I was in college and they, they started that new group, which was then called the new group that ultimately became the state, I was still in what you could call the old group. And then I remember seeing them on stage doing a, a certain kind of comedy that felt very 
like they were having a great time and including the audience in the fact that they were having a great time. And the inclusive quality of it was something that immediately made me feel like I need to work with these people and do this kind of thing for the rest of my life, which I ended up doing. And I love that goal. And I feel like, you know, this, so many of my favorite projects in, in TV and movies have been organic outgrowths of just friends having fun and, or, you know, doing something that was not meant as a for-profit enterprise. And this band is a similar idea, which is just, it's purely an outgrowth of us just having fun in the garage. And hopefully it's, it feels just like we're just all hanging out and having a good time and we're all included in the fun when we do these live shows and it's no more serious than that. It's awesome. Uh, I know you have a heart out. Do you, do you have time to go through this quick questionnaire that I, uh, that I ask all my guests? Got to talk about the John. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar and I, I'm, I'm hoping you are, John can mean whatever you want it to be. So, um, uh, it doesn't have to be anything. Uh, Kevin perfectly, uh, summed it up by saying it's like, uh, how the Smurfs use Smurf, uh, Philadelphians use John. <laughs> <laughs> or like or like Henrietta Pussycat on um, Mr. Rogers says meow, 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 you know? Yes, yes. Um, uh, r- real quick side note on that. Um, when Fred Rogers died, this is the weirdest story ever, but when Fred Rogers what? died, I had... Uh, I had yeah, it um, just happened. I just saw it on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> I had Betty Aberlin's email address for some reason, and I emailed her and I was like, my condolences, you know, uh, uh, Fred was like, uh, felt like a father because he raised me essentially watching TV. And she replied to me like within like five minutes uh the night he passed away and she was like um i i not only lost a friend i feel like i also lost a son um because i'll never speak to daniel tiger again and it was the weirdest email oh, i've ever wow. gotten in my life like it was just it got wow. me man <laughs> yeah so uh, uh fellow pennsylvanian that's right here, what's a, what's a give me your favorite if you give if anybody has one your favorite uh, Mr. Rogers quote or saying that, that you, that you are inspired by or live by, or I, mean, I, I think, I, I don't, I don't think I'm messing up. If oh, you're if, setting if, yourself up. Go ahead. If, well, no, I just, I just, cause there was a pause. So I thought you were going to say something. I mean, I thought you were, I thought there was a pause. So I, no, I, I was I just busy Googling one, <laughs> but you go ahead. If it's, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. I like hmm. that. Right. That is nice. That is nice. Uh, the modern way uh, they would say that is name it to tame it. Name it to tame it. But I think it's, he said it more poetically. Any, any other ones, guys, while we're here, just to honor the man? All of us, he said, all of us at some time or another need help. Whether we're giving or receiving help, each of us has something valuable to bring to this world. That's one of the things that connects us as neighbors in our own way. Each of us is a giver and a receiver. And you just remember that off the top of your head. I just keep, I always keep that in the top of my uh, head. And also I just Googled it both. And, oh, I, and okay. you know, I, I, I always like my guests to go first, but you literally just stole mine. Um, that was oh, mine. you have that in the top <laughs> of your head as well? Yeah. 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 yeah that was mine. Um, so this is the jointlet. It's split up into two sections. Uh, the first section is one hit wonders and it's just, you're picking one or the other. So Billy Joel or Elton John, uh, we'll just, you can just shout out answers. Billy Joel, any, any day of the week. Um, I would say Billy Joel. I'm from Long Island. Gotta be Billy Joel, but I mean, Elton John, it's, it's, it's sort of like a neck and neck there, but, uh, is it always the same questions? Um, it is. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, there, okay. there was there was a time uh, where some of these were a little different, but um, things like um, um, uh, Sammy Hagar or uh, Eddie or uh, David Lee Roth. Um, everybody, David Lee, David Roth. Lee Roth. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, uh, so I had to cut that one. Um, and there's uh, two right. in here that I'm that are on the uh, on the chopping block, but we'll see how you guys answer on them. Uh, All right. the, the next one, uh, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett. I love them both, but I go with Debbie Harry because, you know, I had such a huge crush on her growing up. Yeah, that's a tough one, too. I mean, John Jett, too, but. I'm going Debbie Harry. All right. I'm going Debbie Harry, but it's it's just it's a a real Sophie's choice. Yes, indeed. Indeed it is. Debbie Debbie Harry has a higher volume of like hits in my heart song wise. And I was also more attracted to Debbie Harry in, the, in that moment at that time. But but then Joan Jett, I was attracted to. It's uh, God. It's just it's a tough one. Yeah, Debbie like This this is probably the one that people um, go back and forth on the most uh, of of all the ones of these uh, in this mm. section. Yeah. Uh, next one: Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? Uh, Aretha Franklin. And I'm going to say Tina Turner only because again. Huge crush as a kid. <laughs> you like those legs, those long legs. I like legs. the legs. I like the dance moves. I like the spinning uh, hips. The essence, just the essence, her essence. Her I like energy. everything about her. Still do. I mean, I know she's no longer with us, but I love her. All right. Uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Uh, Nirvana for me. Yeah, um, I Nirvana as well. But I, I have come, I'm more in more recent, just in recent last couple of years, I've come to have a deeper appreciation for Pearl Jam. But I mean, Nirvana is uh, uh, incomparable. I agree. Um, is it true you guys were at the uh, Unplugged in New York taping? We were at an Unplugged. Was it Nirvana? Most of the state was at the Nirvana Unplugged taping, which is easily That's the most crazy. famous Unplugged ever. I was there. Um, I did not make it to that, much to my chagrin. Mm. I did go to the Kiss Unplugged that. taping. Oh, yes. That's and that killer. was a very awkward and fun night. Uh, Gene Wait, which one are you after? The Kiss Unplugged taping, which was the first time in the modern era that the four original Kiss members reunited. Oh, wow. That's good. In the late 90s. Gene Simmons hit on my wife right in front of me. It was kind of a point of pride. It was like uh, he eyed her from wow. head to toe and said, I like this. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. Like, Yeah, but that guy's track record's not great. No, no. Um, what are you talking about? He does yeah. great. Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah. no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Stevie, every day. Love Stevie Nicks. Janis Joplin, I appreciate her legacy. Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks I actually love. Again, I like Stevie Nicks. Yeah. I would like to Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Just like a wide winged dove. <laughs> the cliche one: Beatles or the Stones? Stones, of course, Stones. I just listened to all of Sticky Fingers today. Yeah, Sticky Fingers is amazing. Exile on Main Street's amazing. But uh, what did the but, Beatles ever do, really? I'm going to say the Beatles. I'm going to say the Beatles. But again, it's just ridiculous to. The, the, the Stones are amazing, but I got you. Got to without the Beatles. Do you have the Stones? Yes. No, I don't think you do. All right. Do you? 
I hope I the don't. Beatles were at best derivative has been followers. What? <laughs> no, that's not true. That part was a joke. Uh, the last one of the one hit wonders: Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Bohemian Rhapsody. Stairway to Heaven. Ah, no. Of those two songs, I'll take Bohemian Rhapsody. Are you saying the Beatles and Stones were one hit wonders? <laughs> no, the the Ooh. one the one hit wonders is just like a. a play I mean, we on... could sweet. I mean, Brown Sugar, for example. <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction. I mean, there's two right there. <laughs> two hit wonders. Okay, they had two. I think he was talking about these uh, these uh, songs, Dave. Stairway to Heaven. Um, it's my pick. And she's buying the stairway. I have so many different relationships to that song, which is that we I slow danced to it at various points in my adolescence. Oh yeah. And I learned with a girl. Both. And I I then at one point learned to play it on the guitar. Then I learned to play it on the drums. And then you study the lyrics at one point. And you know, there's it's a lot of different touch points to that. I I used to listen constantly to the Frank Zappa version where he had a huge like giant big band with many many horns playing a note for note recreation of the crazy guitar solo. Um, and it's one of the great recordings. It's a live recording. I highly recommend Frank Zappa. Stairway to Heaven. I'm looking that up the second this ends. It's um, in, it's amazing. That sounds incredible. Zappa uh, or Jethro Tull? Frank Zappa. Yeah, yeah. I did see Jethro Tull live, though, and um, uh, one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. Um, they were phenomenal. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the, the last section is the top 10 countdown. Again, John can be whatever you want it to be. Number one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were a kid? You just you first you just said it can be whatever I want it to be, and then you said yeah, whatever what you was want your first John. What was your first thing you were obsessed with? Thing. So now that that's exactly that's a very specific question. John is very clearly defined in your question. My John was Jacqueline Smith. Yeah. Uh, my John oh. was Jacqueline Smith of Charlie's on Charlie's Angels. Uh, that was my John. From the oh. minute I saw the show until the show went away, and then decades later, it was still Jacqueline Smith. My John. Ken, be honest. Have you asked for to take a general meeting with Jacqueline Smith just so you can I, meet her? I have, yeah. I'm still waiting to hear back. Because she's around. Mine was Steve Martin's album, Let's Get Small. It's a great one. That is a great one. Uh, number two, what's your current John? What are you into right now? Uh, I'm very inspired right now. I'm sort of making my way slowly through Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, which I read a little bit every day and it it inspires me and makes me happy. I think my John right now is the middle-aged dad jam band. To be honest, yes. what I think about, it's what I'm, I'm I want to do. If I, I it's, it's it, when we, when we finished rehearsing or doing a show, I'm like, what's the next time we're getting together? When are we going to do it? It's my John. I love it. I love it. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? What was the first live show you saw? Me, Rolling Stones, 1981, Tattoo You Tour, Cleveland Coliseum. I saw Billy Joel, and I think it was at maybe Madison Square Garden or somewhere in the city, somewhere with like a bunch of acting uh, uh, 
people that I went to like a summer camp with. That's incredible. Those are incredible first shows. Like you guys uh, knocked it out of the park on the first try. <laughs> uh, <laughs> only one, the only one answer to that question. It's a, it's a factual one. Yeah. Uh, my, my first show was uh, David Bowie. So I feel like all three of us, we uh, kind of lucked out. That's a John. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. a John. Uh, number uh, four. What was your last concert? What was the last live show you saw? Hollywood Bowl, Steely Dan. Oh, Ooh. Nice. How was that? Uh, it was great. I went with, uh, I just went, I just, I went with like, uh, like, I don't know, three, four months ago, I went with Mather, Drew Tarver, and, and I think, Joe Latruglio? I went, with, Ken, basically, Ken. I went with three people who were diehard Dan, Steely Dan fans. And so I felt like I was just absorbing, like I was, I was getting a, like a tutorial of like everything I needed to know about Steely Dan that I didn't know. Cause I just enjoy Steely Dan, but I don't know like the different albums and like what's who, what this song was about. And this song's weird or whatever. I just like hearing the hits. And so when I went and saw it with them, I just got a full education uh, about each song. It was kind of awesome. And all your friends are celebrities. <laughs> yeah, well, I was name dropping. Was a humble um, my last concert was Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. They are um, in town tomorrow night, and I'm not going. I'm a little bummed out, but I am going to see Nicole Atkins. So I will tell you, it was a great show. It was. Really? It was. You know, I. You never know when. You never know what it's going to be, and. They were both awesome, and Billy Joel in particular. Oh, they were both great. But what was so great about Billy Joel is, he—you feel like he had an attitude on stage, which is, I have nothing to prove in this life, and I'm just going to get out here and give it everything. And it was so cool. He was just having a blast. He was relaxed. He was fun. He was funny. He was just killing it. I loved. Any surprise? Any songs that were a surprise to you? Anything? Any deep cuts? Any, any, um, not too many. I mean, he did, he, he did so many of my favorites that I was worried he wouldn't like scenes from Italian restaurant and moving out. And, you know, he definitely, but they were all, the, 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 there were no like really deep cuts, um, which would have been fun too. No, you know, I think he might've done don't ask me why, which was cool. Um, and he was great. He did a thing where he said, you know, the song innocent man i i wrote that song and i hit that high note in it not sort of anticipating that i would be asked to continue to sing it 30 years later when i'm almost 80 <laughs> years old <laughs> he's like so i'll give it my best because i don't i'm not gonna you know i don't have tapes backstage or anything so if i don't hit it you'll understand <laughs> and it was, it was a really good build up did he hit it he hit it it's awesome uh number five what was your favorite concert my favorite concert was what what came to mind is the first show I saw when I was where I realized what live music really can be and that was seeing the replacements in a little bar in Cleveland Ohio where I grew up and being like oh 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 it's a whole other thing when you're like 5 feet away from a band that's like sweaty and just like uh, on fire you know it, it yeah was amazing. Yeah, I would say my favorite concert experiences or or live show experiences would it be? A, is it a concert if it's small a small venue? I count it's it. Still concert. Yeah, that's how I defined it. Uh, I saw Doctor John at Tipitina's, and then I saw him in New York, 
And when I saw him in New York, he played for 45 minutes, and it was like he—it's like he wanted to get out of there. But when he played at Tipitina's, he played forever, and it was a great show. And then, uh, uh, and yeah, a lot of New Orleans music is when I is, is my favorite experience is live, live stuff. That's incredible. Um, uh, we- we just got back from uh, New Orleans about a month ago, uh, we, and we were literally staying right around the uh, corner from Tipitina's, and it was just a, just a perfect place to stay. Like, uh, I definitely got to oh, yeah. make it back. Uh, number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Prince. Same. I saw Prince at Madison Square Garden. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you got to rub it in. I mean, we're friends. We've been friends for a long time. We established that at the beginning of the show. Every time I listen to Led Zeppelin, I'm like, oh, God, what I have, what I would have given to be there. Yeah. I get um, emotional thinking about it. I have a, uh, I have this bootleg of um, uh, the, it's uh, the one of their last rehearsals when they were rehearsing for the tour that never happened uh, right before Bonham uh, died. And um, please I share listen- that. Yeah, uh, it's on vinyl, so I'll have to rip it, but okay. I'll rip it. I'll send it to you. All right. uh, oh my god, that sounds it's great! It's incredible. It'll be my that's amazing. That that sounds unbelievable. Another uh, great show. Just just another just uh, just another one that I just do need to mention. I went and saw Stevie Wonder sing songs in the key of life. All the songs he just sang the album a couple of years back at uh, whatever big sports venue over here in california and that was incredible i was sitting in my office in los angeles like not long ago and somebody's blasting stevie wonder outside the window and i'm like what is going on and i look down and it's stevie wonder (laughs) playing on the street doing some sort of promotional something and it was pretty wild (laughs) that's um absolutely insane like uh (laughs) that's bananas uh number seven name an unappreciated john name something you wish people paid more attention to my pick for that would be the entire body of work of our our friend who we went to college with and who i also grew up with craig wedron um who does all our music for our stuff his band shudder to think is one of the all-time maybe my favorite band of all time and, and they are for those who know like superheroes but for those most people who don't they need to know they're just insane incredible and i will just piggyback on that john and say my john is the fact that david and craig are two of my dearest friends and i get to create stuff with them uh uh, and i've been able to create stuff with them this my whole life and craig is an unbelievable musician. He's in an incredible band. And then he also just, he's, he's done all the music for all of our movies as well. And he's, he's just an incredible artist. Great. Answer. He's a true That's artist. My, my John. 
Um, again, can I just say some of my um, favorite unappreciated Johns uh, that uh, you're both uh, uh, one is um, while I love the Stella shorts, they're the most some of the most brilliant comedy I've ever seen in my life. Um, the short lived right. Comedy Central show um, is so underappreciated and I wish more people uh, checked it out. And two, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. Um, Diggers is a phenomenal movie and I wish more people knew about it. I couldn't so. agree more. Is Thank Diggers? You. Can you watch Diggers? Yeah, you just got to buy it somewhere. Um, the, the Stella Comedy Central show, sadly, is literally impossible to see. There's just no way to get it. Now I have the DVD. Oh, really? I didn't know Diggers is on H on Max right now. It is? That's incredible. Oh. You can't. I'll tell you, like, Wet Hot American Summer, for example, not streaming anywhere. Um, but I can't that's wonderful. Diggers People, is on Max. Everyone I should go see that. Diggers. Agreed. Well, Diggers, just little... For anybody listening, Diggers is a movie I wrote um, after oh. the state. Everybody was sort of right, like anybody in the state was like trying to do movies or doing movies. And I was like, I got to write a movie. I got to write a comedy. got to write a big comedy. And then I wound up writing this like little slice of life about growing up in, on Long Island in the 70s. Oh, it's so great. It's so about great. Ryan Diggers and, and, um, and, uh, and, and living in a you know, community of, of, and that profession is dying out. David produce, helped produce it, and um, but it, and it stars Paul it. Rudd and Josh Hamilton and and uh, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, more Tierney. It's so uh, good. Yeah, it's and um, and we got to shoot it. We shot it for it was um, for HDNet. It was like Mark Cuban's company. It was giving like a million dollars to shoot on video early on. You know, when video like shooting movies on video was just sort of a newer thing, and so we shot this period piece. But on video, and we were like so worried that it wasn't going to look like, you know. No, but it looked so good. It looks beautiful. Yeah, and it's yeah. a good movie. Well, I'm I, I'm glad to find out that it's on Max because uh, I I would love to rewatch it um, probably this weekend, as everyone else should. Uh, number eight, a hard one to do. What's your favorite album? First one that comes to mind, although I'm sure there are probably others that maybe. This might be the wrong answer, but it's the Hallowed Ground by the Violent Femmes. Good one. I just have a lot of deep love for every track on that record. Um, I would say mine is uh, Songs in the Key of Life. And then, um, uh, what the hell was it? Oh, Mudslide Slim in the Blue Horizon. James Taylor. Very good answer. I got to listen to these. Also, uh, Let It Be, The Replacements. Is incredible. That's another one that's just like, oh my God. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they put out. The current? Uh, yeah, it can be. Or old, even if they're still not putting stuff out. But something that, if somebody, anything. Somebody, I'll, I'll consume anything they put out. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. When I thought about this question, the true answer that came to mind is not what I would have expected it to be, but it is true, which is Tom Cruise. That is a really good answer. Like, I'm like, if you think about it, if I think about it, he's not going to star in a movie that I'm not going to see. I like right now, musically, like somebody who I've, if like they come out with a song, uh, Anderson Puck. Oh, good answer. Really good answer. Super talented dude. Oh my God. I can't, that guy is crazy good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever see the um, tiny desk that he did? Yes. Oh my God, it's so good. So good. 
And David, he's a drummer too. You should, I mean, you probably know that. I didn't really know that. And I'm putting, I'm putting it on my playlist right now. Oh my God. Excellent. Uh, the 10th and final of the top 10 countdown. What is your favorite John of all time? Again, can be anything you want it to be. You go first, Ken. My favorite John of all time. Wow. This tiny desk you mentioned has 99 million views. Yeah, it's pretty popular. I guess I'm, the, I'm the one who's out of the loop here. My favorite John of all time is uh, <laughs> really good food from New Orleans. That's my favorite. That's my that's my favorite John of all time. Going to New Orleans, listening to music, and eating really good food. Good answer. I think mine is the soon-to-be-released um, Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough to know that it's my favorite thing of all time. Wait, what? <laughs> it's, wow. I mean, you it's gotten, first, folks. It's got a lot of really bad reviews, but I don't know. I just feel like it might be pretty good and therefore the best thing ever. Um, it's good. It might be the best John. Uh, Wait, Indiana John. Oh my God. Uh, uh, oh Indiana my God. John. Oh David. my God. David. No, my, I guess I, I have to go with like the first thing that comes to mind when you say that. And from what came to mind is, is Nashville, the Robert Altman movie, Nashville. Brilliant mm-hmm. answer. It's so good. So it's um, when, when I think about experiences where I end up, wiped in the right way at the end yeah yeah uh so so other than the middle-aged dad jam band uh what what, what do you guys got uh out right now uh ken i i know that you just kind of went viral um when they made this bambi announcement uh because they're doing bambi live action and uh the the clip from the other two were <laughs> it, oh it, it started getting shared um that went viral yeah yeah, it was like uh, this week. I mean, I saw that it was. I saw that 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 scene. They, somebody posted that scene, but I didn't realize it was. Uh, it was um, it gone viral in some way. But uh, yeah, I'm doing the other two. That's on Max right now. I'm in the other two, and I just you can tune into the third season of Party Down. That uh, that just uh, aired a couple of months ago. Really good season. Um. And uh, yeah, no strikes happening. But we—I was about to—I was shooting a new show for Shondaland um, called *The Residence*, which uh, I think is going to be pretty good. A little murder mystery in the White House. Nice. But the, you know, the big thing is right now—it's all about the band, baby. It's all about the band. Really? Dave? I mean, I have a show that I worked on called uh, *Miracle Workers* with Steve Buscemi. That's coming out on July 10th. Um, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe um, on, I think on Max or TBS or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll it's figure it out good. and I'll put it, I'll put it in the outro. I'll let, I'll let everybody okay. know. And then, yeah. uh, as I said, you guys are coming July 20th, uh, to the Ardmore music hall with the middle-aged dad jam band. And I'm super excited to see it. It's going to be a blast. I, I promise anyone who comes, it'll be great. And if you mention your podcast to us in person at the show, We'll give you a handshake. We'll wrestle you. 
Those are both perfect gifts. And you heard it here folks. first, folks. Go mention the podcast and get that handshake wrestle. Get the wrestle shake. I'll wrestle you to the ground. Uh, if anybody wants to find um, uh, clips of the uh, middle-aged dad jam band, uh, wh- where's the best way to track stuff down? Well, we now have a website, which is madjb.com. Oh, we Excellent. do? Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's a John. There you See, go. See, Ken's learning stuff on this podcast, too, just like the rest of you. Yeah, that's a John. <laughs> yeah, and you can find us on TikTok and whatever, you know. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. Like, uh, this is a dream come true. Like I said, you, you uh, uh, two are uh, part of a large collective who are responsible for um, uh, my complete comedic sensibility. And um, it's an absolute honor to host you on uh, Yo, That's My John. This was oh, a pleasure. Man. Thank you. We'll see you at the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, man. My thanks again to Ken and David for joining me on the show today. The Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band will be playing at Little Secret in Los Angeles, California on July 8th. Dogfish Head Brewery in Rehoboth, Delaware on July 19th. At the Ardmore Music Hall in Ardmore, PA on July 20th. And at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York on July 22nd. Tickets are currently still available for these shows, but guys, they are going fast. You can find more about the Middle-Aged Dad Jam Band by visiting madjb.com. You can follow them on Twitter at David Wayne and at Ken Marino. Links to all of those will, of course, be in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And dudes, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to the previous episodes of this podcast. And, you know, while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight into your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. We did it again, gang. Good job by all of us. You guys all deserve gold stars. Well, let's do it again, shall we? Say next week. Deal. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be. Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo, that's my John at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, 
That's my John. John.